Welcome to the Fantasy End Podcast, where we share our love for all things fantasy and discuss the broader speculative fiction industry. Welcome to the Fantasy End. Hello, and welcome back to the Fantasy End Podcast. This week, we're talking about the ways we promote books. Talking about ourselves as book promoters makes what we do seem a little bit more official and professional than it actually is. But we've talked about books in serious and shitposty ways on Twitter, other social media, and through various mediums like fan art, written reviews, and, well, podcasts. Uh, I'm Travis. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Tam. Uh, so to start things off, what's everyone reading? I am currently reading a lot of books and finishing none of them. Um, in the Middle of the Unbroken by Cia Clark, In the Middle of the Jasmine Throne by Tasha Suri, and 30% into Under the Whispering Door by TJ Klan. And I'm audiobooking The um, Lair of Dreams, uh, which is the second book of uh, the Diviner series by Liba Bray. So, yeah, I need to finish one of those eventually. And I am currently listening to the audiobook of Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson. I've spent the past week and a half binging the first three Stormlight Archive books, which is roughly 150 hours of audiobook I've gone through in the past 10 days, I think. Yeah, it's a lot. How, what speed are you listening to? Uh, I'm at 2.4 times speed. Okay, that's still ridiculously impressive. <laughs> yeah, I think I hit like 16 hours on Audible of listening time, so that would have been 40 hours worth of book time roughly um, last Sunday. So, <laughs> Wow, wow, uh, book listening goals right there. I, I literally just had my headphones in all day when I was doing everything and just cleaned the house. Okay, so I just finished listening to Piranesi by Susanna Clark. It was actually a lot better than I was expecting it to be. I really did not like Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, so I was really not expecting to like this book, but I had to read it to finish off my R Fantasy bingo card. It was good. It's very trippy and probably a lot smarter than I was qualified to be understanding <laughs> at the time, but uh, I enjoyed it. And it's only like 200-something pages, so it's really short. Yeah, short sounds nice. I don't know what short is at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I gave up on Rhythm of War. It's too much. It defeated me. How far did you make it through? Like 30%? Yeah, exactly 30%. Okay, not too bad. Not too bad. It took like a, what, a month? <laughs> yeah, I think, but not... I wasn't binging it or something. I was taking advantage of, of the fact that we didn't have a curfew at the time, so I was walking after work. And uh, just listening while walking a bit. But uh, now that there's a curfew, my audiobook consumption has dropped a bit. And I'm not really in the mood for something epic. Yeah. I'm currently seven hours in with a extra 50 hours to go. <laughs> That's so long. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, good value for money, given... <laughs> yes, yes, that, that's the thing. Yeah, with Sanderson, it's, you get good value for your money. With one credit, yeah. you get 60 hours of listening. It's awful. So I, I hear that said a lot, 
I am kind of weird in the sense that like I I, I don't want to think too much about money for my book habit because that's more depressing than it is anything else. But I tend to think like shorter books are better value because like, oh, in the same amount of time, you can get three books listened to instead of one. Yeah, but you have like one credit equals one book. Oh, yes. you mean in terms of, yeah, in, in general? I mean, you're not the... wrong. <laughs> yeah. Objectively, the longer books are better value. Yeah, for example, Pernissi, you, you listen to it, right? Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't do that because it's so short. And it's the same amount. It's the credit, the same amount of money. It's one credit. So um, I usually listen to uh, books that start at 13 hours and up. It's very random, but like more than 10 hours. <laughs> yeah, you see... I got 24 credits on the 1st of January, and now uh, at the end of March, I have listened to 20 audiobooks of those 24 so far. What? How? What? <gasps> That's I a lot. went through four major books in under a week. Okay. Um, no. I've done... Three and a bit Stormlight books in a week. I did Lost Nephilim in a week. Ooh, yeah, I did, I did a I did lot it. of series in the space of a week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You said uh, the entire series. I was, I was going to brag. I was going to say, yeah, I listened to Lost Nephilim in just two days. And I was like, yeah, it's just one book. It's just the first book. <laughs> yeah, no, I listened to all three in that space. Oh. I binged a couple of gay romances which go very quickly yeah they do um romance yeah. in general goes very very quickly i listened to one ya romance and one um adult contemporary romance and i did both in one day and a half i think uh and it went splendidly well oh i miss the feeling of listening to romance yeah I think I did boyfriend material in two days. So I get through my audio and the Once in Future Witches in also two days. <laughs> so I get through my audio books quite quickly. Yeah, boyfriend material, I never really finish it in the sense that I keep re-listening to it. This one got real value <laughs> because I listened to it so many times. Okay, so talking about the ways that we promote books... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so first up, let's just talk about social media because which form of social media do we find the most effective and why is it Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> because we're old. That's why we're not old enough for Facebook, but we're not young enough for Instagram or TikTok. That's why. I mean, I use Instagram. Yeah, because you're a baby. Excuse me. <laughs> I use Instagram for a dog. <laughs> My dog okay. pictures just happen to have a book thrown in on them. Mm, okay, fair enough. But your dog is also a baby. Yes. They're both babies. My, my Instagram account is my dog's Instagram account, really. <laughs> and we're going to share the Instagram accounts with you in the um, podcast uh, episode. Did it, the show did notes. I do the show notes, that's what it's called. <laughs> um, more seriously, though, I think I prefer text-based social media uh, because I'm not very artistic, so I'm more comfortable writing things and 
communicating through words because the whole bookstagram thing or tiktok video thing is not really my scene at all i'm not I don't know how to do that. I mean, I've tried to take some artsy pictures of arcs I receive, and they're not bad. But when I see the numbers of the the amount of uh, props that people buy for this for these, I mean, I don't have the space to buy all this shit. <laughs> the dried flowers, the candles, the somehow skeletons or i i don't know it's work it's a full-time job get, get a dog but, that's the secret yeah, just get a dog that's, that's the best prop. <laughs> but if i don't have the space for dried flowers i certainly don't have the space for a dog get a cat that's not how it works it's it's a lot harder <laughs> to stick books on top of cats <laughs> yeah 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 that is true <laughs> So, what about you guys, uh, Travis? Why Twitter? Well, okay, so I'm going to agree with you that text-based social media is my preferred way just because it's easier. And if you're talking about a book, I feel like it's easiest to like actually talk about it in words. Yes, I realize that you can do the same thing on like TikTok and talk in words, but I am old and I have not figured out TikTok yet. <laughs> um, so I think You're actually my even age. <laughs> I am slightly older than you, I think, by like a month or two, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so I actually think that because technically it's social media these days, right? Is Discord is probably my most effective way to talk about books. Because it's basically Twitter, but it's in real time. And it has, I feel like, a higher chance of selling someone on a book when you're talking about it, but you have a smaller reach, right? So you've got maybe like 20 people that are going to be like, oh, hey, this book sounds great. I'm going to read it. Versus Twitter, potentially, I mean, you could have like hundreds or a thousand people or something be sold on a book based on what you say. I can't believe you stole my talking point of Discord there. Ah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> because that was what I was going to say. Most of my book marketing is probably actually done through Discord channels where I respond to people asking for recommendations or decide they're asking for recommendations when really they're not, but sell them books anyway. And so my tweets involve a dog with a book on her most of the time for selling books or my automatic Goodreads updates, which are supposed to be cancelled but seem to still happen. So, But yeah, like most of my book conversations happen in Discord with a much smaller group of people and a much smaller reach, but also a group that's familiar enough with each other that we kind of know each other's tastes. And so when someone recommends a book, I can probably tell if I'm going to like it based on who's recommending it. Yeah, Discord has the more name recognition, I feel like, behind it. So it's like a smaller circle, but you know the people better. So you trust their recommendations more. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, I guess I can't speak for the two of you, but I've never really figured out Facebook in terms of like book circles. I know there's a couple big Facebook groups for fantasy and science fiction and all of that, but it seems kind of like you're just, posting a comment into the void or something there and like either you'll get thousands of upvotes do they call it upvotes no it's likes on no, facebook it's right likes. oh my god <laughs> uh but yeah i i have not figured out facebook yet i i think there's a lot of really interesting groups out there though yeah the big facebook groups i see seem to be the spiffbo group which if you're not talking about self-published books probably not going to get you very far and the fantasy faction group and 
all of the time when I see posts for them, they appear on my timeline called the timeline. Yeah, I think it's timeline. (laughs) It turns up on my Facebook when it's like three days old and I'm like, well, no point now. Yeah, I think they have issues or they do, they're probably doing it on purpose. Um, I'm not seeing the uh, latest stuff posted on Facebook, so I don't go on Facebook anymore. We've got like really strong energy in this talk so far of, oh, we talk about books on the line. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, have we talked about how good the Twitters are? We go on the Google and then we type how to go on the Internet. Um, But yeah, we're like Twitter is a good middle ground because it has this. I mean, it has it's still. It's, it's not has been any yet. It's like people are still there. It's not our grandparents are not on Twitter yet, right? And may it forever stay that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> my grandparents are on Facebook and I find it weird. But yeah, it's. I think it's a good way to uh, interact and to interact with authors if, of course, they want to be interacted with um, and to have them like, by retweeting, by quote tweeting, or whatever it's called anymore, their own tweets, you can have um, like a different reach. And it's, I think it's fun. I don't know. I see my role more, more as a book cheerleader than a real reviewer because I don't review all the books I read. I just review those I like. So <laughs> it's when I talk about a book, it's usually to promote it. Yeah, and another thing with sites like Facebook, Facebook in particular, is that it is much more insular and friend-based in that your posts don't necessarily go to everyone but just people you're friends with or select people you choose. And so you can't access the wider community through Facebook like you can on Twitter. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. So another area of social media that I feel like I know almost nothing about is WordPress kind of feels like its own form of social media, but I feel like we've never really plugged into that community as much as we could have or possibly maybe should have. I wasn't aware there was a community. I know nothing about. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I know nothing about WordPress except that their new editor sucks. And I really hope they don't listen to this. <laughs> I hope they do listen to it. Your editor sucks, WordPress. <laughs> the problem with WordPress is each time I get used to the new editor, I don't write a, a review again for like four months. And then I'm like, oh, shit, that editor again. <laughs> so I forget how to use it every time, which means I should probably be writing more reviews. But yeah. That's that's uh, another topic. Yeah, I, I know that feeling very well. <laughs> <laughs> Way too well. Let's not talk about how many reviews I'm behind on. Oof. Okay, so even aside from social media, there's just kind of whether we shitpost or we don't shitpost when we're discussing books. Uh, so I guess, first of all, what exactly do we mean? I can't believe we're skipping Reddit. Okay, yeah, let's go back. Let's talk about Reddit. How do you feel <laughs> I about mean, that's, Reddit? That is one of the bigger fantasy platforms that uh, yeah, we tend we to use. Is the, yeah. yeah, and like that's 
how we all met each other. I can't believe yeah. we, we just got to go past the Reddits. <laughs> because it has been a while since our last one to Reddit. Like, not on the figure skating subreddit, but um, yeah, the fantasy subreddit has been a while. I, I, are you saying you left the fantasy subreddit for the figure skating subreddit? I didn't leave, but yeah, that's where I post now. Wow, Sorry. I am so disappointed. Yeah. My heart is broken by your disappointment. <laughs> but, uh, honestly, uh, the, in figure skating, they mostly don't talk about Grim Dark, so I'm, I'm, I feel better there. But yeah, I fair. think uh, Travis sure mod right, so you should be promoting Reddit more. With 1.3 million people, I don't know if it really needs all that much promotion. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it's it gets it. It has gotten too big. I feel I. I it almost feels like a default sub, and I'm not really comfortable posting there directly anymore. Like I would answer in. I'm going to call them threads, but it's not threads. Topics. What 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 are they called? Them. We call them threads. Oh, it's threads. Okay. Answer <laughs> <laughs> threads, but I. W- <laughs> the lingo uh but i i won't create my own for example i i don't do that anymore because i feel like i don't know the people anymore it's weird but it's, it's good you have a higher reach and a very like specialized reach because it's all fancy fans so yeah like you said there is 1.3 million members now and that is a reach of potentially 1.3 million fantasy fans which is I have a lot more than my number of Twitter followers. I don't know how many Twitter followers you all have, but I certainly don't have near 1.3. She might, but... I was going to say, so it's also worth saying about Reddit is that it's kind of like Twitter, except like we've already said, it's all fantasy fans on that subreddit. And everyone is looking at the same... It's not really a timeline uh, because that's a Twitter term, but everyone's looking at the same series of posts, right? So if you throw something into there everyone gets funneled past that post. So all 1.3 million people, if we're assuming that everyone's active and actually logs in all the time. But as we've seen with Sarah, that's not really the case. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I used to love it. I mean, it's just that I don't go there anymore as often, but it's really good because you I mean, you don't shit post as much because there is a rule about it, I think. Or was it removed and I can go back? No? Okay. Um, so it's it's good because you have you can have more like deeper uh, discussions about books. Something that Twitter makes a bit hard and Discord, well, Discord, it's with people you really know so or you know well enough. So you tend to get a bit like what's with the world, like when you are insulated. Um, uh, Insulated. Yeah, that's the Licky. word. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit a space where we have a bit of the same ideas and we talk about the same things. But Reddit is a bit more open in that way. So yeah, it's. I think it's a good tool. And it doesn't have character counts as well, which is nice. Yeah, you can you can post like chunkers, chunk comments. Yeah, and I guess another difference between Reddit and Discord is Discord is real-time, so and it's uh, more linear as well. You can't respond to like every comment and branch off your own new thread. 
Um, mm-hmm. So you kind of have like a deep discussion on a book and then it's over in 10 or 15 minutes and you move on to yeah. the next shiny object. Uh, Reddit, you could be like returning to a post 10 mm-hmm. times throughout the day and people are still talking about that. Yeah, even when you have channels on, on Discord, you can't have a, a channel about every possible topic. Well, I mean, you could, but that would be a mess. Uh, so, so yeah, Travis, your your question about just posting, not just posting, right? That was um second part of. Yeah, so I I don't actually know how universal that terminology is. So what do we actually mean by shit post? Well, the easiest way to define it is to go and look at Hughes. If you don't know what shit posting is, it's Hughes feed on Twitter. Pretty much. Um, pretty much. It's when you make jokes about things. <laughs> I don't know. How would you describe it? I don't know. I, I would say, yeah, like you don't really have a serious approach to the topic when you're shit posting. And I feel like if we're talking about Hugh, which is a shame he's not here because uh, we're kind of uh, shit talking him behind his back. But <laughs> no, it, it's, it's like silence. T- I, I'm sorry. I thought we were complimenting him. It's a oh, oh no, it which is, is I, which means it's a good reason. <laughs> good thing he's not here. <laughs> Can't yeah, have him nowhere saying good things. Yeah. Ew. Complimenting him and he knows it. Ew. No. Never. Um. Yeah. But so I feel like there's a niche of shit posting where it's like really high effort into something really trivial. Uh, and I feel like that's where Hugh kind of uh, thrives. Like recently, for example, to give our audience an example of what we're talking about, uh, if you wanted to teach people about cover design for fantasy books, right? You could like have an artist and like walk through the sketch process and talk about like the market appeal of everything. Or you could be really talented at Photoshop like Hugh and just be like, hey, throw a picture of a mountain. Now Photoshop a picture of a naked statue. Now add a cat and a rabbit and you're done. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not sure art. if that's very talented at Photoshop or deliberately trying not to be too talented at Photoshop. It takes real talent to be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think shit Boston is is fun because you get an easier reach when you joke about things because people want levity. But sometimes it can obscure the message. For example, when I talk about She Who Became the Sun by uh, Shirley Parker Chan, I like I talked about this book a lot, and I because it's an amazing book, and it's um, it's basically like Mulan with a hint of the traitor Baruch Morant, so it's perfect. But um, I was talking about like uh, the complexity of relationships between uh, a character who is who has who had his entire family killed by uh, the family of the man he loves and so there's complexity there and weirdly enough the only thing people remember from me talking about this book is oh there's a fisting scene and it was really romantic (laughs) and they just latched on this to the point that the author is aware of this and I'm like I swear Shelly I I didn't do that's not how I talk about your book I mean, it was once. Except it is, though. It really is, though. <laughs> it was once. And the same for The Mask of Mirrors. I mean... It was more yeah. than once. It was it definitely more than once, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I said things... 
I've said things about the world building of this book, but I also said things about a hot character. And guess what? People are retaining from this information. The hot guy, of course. People are so shallow. <laughs> so what you're telling me is even in the book world, sex sells. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, but not just sex. When you see what he does, it's not sexual. It's just <laughs> jokey. It's just me that that is being weird. But you can get the same results without without sex. It, I think it's not so much entirely about sex as being memorable. Um, yeah. And apparently sex is very memorable when you're talking about characters fisting each other. Uh, <laughs> but also... It was so a very romantic sapphic scene. I loved it. And after that, I was like, yeah, it was fisting and it was so sweet. And people just remembered the fisting. And I was like, oh, she who became the sun, the book about fisting. No, that's not the topic of the book. Uh, so yeah, it can, it's can, it, it can have a bit of backlash there. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to pick what's going to turn out to be memorable because as much as you can try to do something funny, it can really just be a throwaway comment about fisting each other that becomes <laughs> the memorable part of the book. <laughs> and that's how suddenly everyone knows it. Yeah, but seriously, if you can pre-order the book, if you can get an arc, if you get your hands on this book because it's phenomenal it's amazing so uh, there's also like genia is not here either and it's too bad because uh her way of promoting books is amazing too because she does she does like serious fan art but she also does these like cute sketches that are usually almost inspired by uh scenes or she did that for um the City of Brass by Shannon Chakraborty, and it was it was so cute. And I mean, the, the City of Brass doesn't need promotion, but it was really a cute way of putting her feelings about the book on Twitter. Uh, and it's something I can't do because, as as I said, uh, I don't have an autistic bone in my body. But yeah, fan arts can be a good way of doing that as well. And I think she's the only one among us who does that in the end. Yeah, I can't draw for shit, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I have zero artistic talent. Like, Hugh does it, but it's often jokey. Like, sometimes he does it, but with... But not with drawing, but, like, with um, graphic design. But sometimes it's serious, and he does, like, serious stuff. And he, he's good at it, but it's it's not fun art. It's um, graphic design. Yeah, I guess the main forms that like we talk about in terms of different mediums so since we're not really all that artistic we do have you know uh written or text form versus audio right like these chats talking about uh lovely lovely fisting scenes things like that oh um, my god so... <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who brought it up <laughs> it's to give an example and and sometimes like Authors use these throwaway comments about their books to in official promotions. For example, KJ Charles, uh, who is mostly a romance author, but who also wrote at least one uh, series uh, that is uh, fantasy. Uh, someone who read her arc describes a book as a one-man game of fuck, Mary kill. And she took that throwaway comment and she added it to her official promotion. <laughs> which I found very amusing and she's not the only one 
sometimes it's just like a sentence that describes the book so well, but in a jokey way. And I feel like authors and publicists use that a lot. Faces Gay, for example, uh, for uh, Winter's Orbit. I'm not sure where it came from, but publicists use it as, you know, a tagline. I feel like taglines have become more used than long blurbs by J.R.R. Martin. I mean, his blurbs aren't that long, but you know what I mean. I mean, how, how many words does it really take to say fantasy as it ought to be written? I don't know, but I think it's a lot of effort for him, you know? about he's, he's not very good at writing words anymore, so I'm being mean, but you know what I mean. I think it also has to do with the fact that we don't have a really great span of attention anymore. None of us does. So uh, a tagline is more memorable than a blurb or uh, a review even. So Travis, uh, Tell us about uh, your way of promoting books through interviews and and interviews and uh, interviews. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is it is largely interviews, it seems. And I don't know, I I approach interviews with the idea of if you can sell your audience on the author, you've kind of also sold them on the book as well, right? You don't actually have to dive into the nitty gritty details of the book to get someone interested in it. Uh, so you can talk about an author's really cool experiences. You can try to get their personality to shine. Uh, you can talk about some of like the themes in a book or something, right? Um, like you can talk to a science fiction writer about aliens or artificial intelligence. And you can be interested in that without knowing anything about their actual book. But if they say some really cool stuff about it, you're like, hey, I want to check out what they wrote and see how they work this into a story I might like. Yeah, that's such a good way of approaching an interview. Uh, especially with debut authors. I've heard so many good things about your interviewing style. I am saying that as if we're not in the same <laughs> blog. And <laughs> that's true. I've, um, I've heard uh, like it, it's always very well researched and the questions are always very interested. So good, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You can tell me more about how my interviewing style is great. That's okay. I won't make you stop. Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, you if are, you want to know yeah. how great <laughs> Travis's interviewing style is, we have this great podcast you can listen to. <laughs> Which is the same. Yeah, so it's something I could never do. Again, like, I, I admire people who do things that I wouldn't do in a million years, which is like so many things. But like interviewing someone seems like a very specific talent that I don't have. I mean, I would be very happy to listen to a podcast of you squealing delightedly at authors you love. Yeah, I don't think authors would want that. <laughs> I feel like they might, though. No. Authors say they like it when people are being enthusiastic about their books, and I'm sure they do, but they're not ready for my brand of... <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, um, Travis, you participated to panels too, um, lately. That's true. Yeah. Mm. Tell us about That's it. That's true. Yeah. So I guess I do try to always like a lot of panel topics for like different conventions and things like that. They're not really focused on a specific type of book necessarily, but I always talk about the books that I like during these panels. 
uh, because why wouldn't I? And I think that it's a different audience, right, than a lot of people who read reviews and just the visual medium as well is different because a lot more people are inclined to say, throw on a YouTube video while they're on their lunch break or something than they are to like browse blogs and read in-depth reviews or something. So I think it has a different reach, uh, sometimes a bigger reach, sometimes a smaller reach. And I don't know, I think just participating in panels is a lot of fun. So that's why I do it. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Um, what else? What did we forget? <laughs> I feel like I always remember an aspect of the topic after we hit stop. Well, uh, I guess on that note, any final thoughts before we close this out? <laughs> um, a really good way of uh, promoting books and making them memorable is to have a very cute pet you can just put the book on top. Yes, and then, voila, you handy. have a very good picture to promote a book with. This is my main way of promoting books. I literally just stick them on my dog. It's fantastic. When Dogstagram and Bookstagram so combine. Travis, you should do that with your, with your cats. They're very cute. Look, in, in, pet Instagram is like a rabbit hole that you don't really always <laughs> want to devote your entire life to. Uh, I definitely fell down that rabbit hole a few years ago, and I was spending like uh, too much time. This is embarrassing. Too much time like researching how to approach Instagram and like what hashtags to use and like the optimal number of like follow back ratio you're looking for. But yeah, that that was fun. I got my cats temporarily famous and then I quit Instagram. Yeah, that story is really fascinating. And we're going to dig a bit deeper after that about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> we need to know how famous they were. Um, final thoughts? Yeah. Mm, yeah. My final thoughts is, oh, fuck, there is dog toy stuffing all over my house. That's the prize for book promotion. So shut up and promote books. <laughs> yeah, as a final thought, I think it's a bit weird to be on social media and like talk about books all the time because at some point you feel like you're being almost insincere when you're excited about so many things at once. Mm. So I try to dial that down sometimes, but at the same time, that's well, I guess that's why people are following in the first place, so they know about books I like. But I tend to get very like <laughs> excited and embarrassingly so about books I get and books I'm reading. And I just, I, I think, I, I wonder sometimes, am I really a serious blogger if all I do is squee all the time? <laughs> but I guess there's not one way to be a blogger. Or a viewer, you can like have your own style, I guess. Don't gatekeep yourself out of being a blogger. <laughs> yes, I that is all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, I haven't written a review since last December. So, but um, but I am a. Then blogger. you're still ahead of me. Yeah, let's not play that game in front of Travis. <laughs> yeah, we are very serious <laughs> bloggers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess my final thought would be kind of following off of what you said, Sarah, that it does kind of feel weird sometimes if you're like thinking about yourself as promoting a book because we don't actually have an agenda behind this, right? We're not paid to promote books or anything like that. It's not our job. We just mm -hmm. do this because we like books and we really like these specific books that we're talking about and we kind of want to share that with the world. So it's sometimes it feels insincere, which is weird, but like we're only doing it because it is sincere. Yeah, we have not 
being bought by big publisher. Although, hey, big publishing, if you want to buy us out, like you have my email address. Hit me <laughs> up. Let's talk price. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, I guess it's time to turn the question to our audience. Uh, if you're an author, a reader, or someone who has ever promoted a book in any way, what have you found to be the most effective or the most fun? What type of book talk gets you excited and willing to give something new a chance? And as always, you can find us online at thefantasyinn.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as The Fantasy Inn. And if you'd like to chat books and random nonsense with us in real time, we'd love to have you in our Discord server. And I think that's a wrap. So that's all for this week. Until next time. <laughs>